Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. I'm so excited to introduce today's guest. Her name is Andrea Luzon. She is a life coach. She is a legacy liberator. She is a mama to a neurodiverse kiddo. And she is what I call a chosen sister. She's just the most amazing woman. And she has taught me so much in my own life about self-love. She's kind, she's generous, she's funny, she's honest, and she keeps it really real about how she views herself and how that impacts how she shows up in the world and the way she has personally struggled with self-love and self-acceptance. She in this episode, talks about how our looks, the way we look as women, is often defined by how we compare ourselves to one another and how we doubt ourselves when we are and our looks don't live up to the way the beauty standards tell us we should. So listen in to today's episode where we are talking about healing our concept of self. I'm so excited to introduce you to Andrea Luzon, and I know you will enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome back to the show. I am so excited for this conversation about self-love, which is near and dear to my heart, especially in February, the month of love. And I'm joined today by my chosen sister, Andrea Luzon, legacy liberator coach. And I am first of all, so honored, Andrea, that you're here having this conversation with me. Um, I'm hoping that and believing that we can get a little vulnerable here with our own struggles with self-love and self-acceptance and self-compassion. And I know I can do that because you are so masterful at creating a safe space for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, yeah. We're hearting each other for those not watching <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, speaking of that, if you want to watch on YouTube, I will include a link so you can see our our beautiful faces there too. Okay, so Andrea, would you please introduce yourself? Let our listeners know a little bit about who you are and the work that you do in the world. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Isabel, for having me. This is such a gift. I, I've just adored you ever since I met you. Um, wow. And meeting you, that's, that's just a part of my journey. For me, it was, man, living wild and free in my 20s. And then I, right around the age of 30, buying a house on my own. And I think it was, so I had moved back to the Midwest after being a globetrotter and being on my own and following my bliss and journaling and moving my body and really embracing freedom and self-discovery in my 20s. And then I came back to the Midwest of the United States, where I'm from. 
near where I'm from. And I I think so that's a little bit of a there's a story there that I have about people in the Midwest and expectations. And then I bought a house and then I met a man. And so I think buying a house sent me into the patterning, the old programming of like scarcity scarcity. Let's just go with parents programming around money challenges. So there was that. And then I met the man that I eventually married and his people to me felt cerebral and logical and my woo, you know, explorate, explorative, curious self. I didn't feel welcome. And so where, where I'm going with this, what has brought me to this interview today is that 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 process, you know, right in my 30s, that whole, there was so much pain that was brought up that I think I used all the coping mechanisms to like shove back down and try to not feel that I ended up choosing a really safe job. I think I was moving into like anxiety and worry and really playing small to, to try to be something that I thought the world needed me to be. And that is when I, well, then I chose some, a lot of safety. So for 10 more years, so like all through my thirties was just choosing to play in this box that I think I create, I created responding to life. Um, and then at the end of those 10 years, I spiraled, I, I spiraled hard, hit, hit a breaking point and called a sister of ours, um, Anahita. For those of you who don't know Anahita June, I'm just so glad I called her. And she was like, hey, Andrea, you've been, I don't know who you've been the last seven plus years. I recommend you go and study spiritual psychology. That's going to help you wake up to what's holding you back. And then that ended up leading me. That was very nourishing and, and eye-opening and heart-opening. And that led me to transformational leadership, which led me to shadow work, which led me to energy healing, which led me to you. And to find people like me who are willing to kind of get under the hood and see what's making us tick, see what's gearing us away from that authentic nature. And then because that work was so deep and profound for me, I was like, I want to find other sisters and other humans who are really feeling stuck, feeling like, oh my God, is this all there is? There's got to be more but it feels like this is all there is. And I'm panic. There's a panic. There's like an underlying panic going on and, and yeah, want choosing to be a guide to bring those people home. And I call myself the legacy liberator because I really feel like there's a love legacy inside of all of us. And that when we shed those coping mechanisms and really get into back into our hearts, that we really, that legacy starts to like get brighter and brighter and brighter and we become better mothers. We become better sisters. We become better friends. We just feel more self-expressed and full and whole and worthy and wise. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about self-love today. And I just really think that that is a big crux point for all of us who want to wake up and live our dreams, live, live a life that feels on fire, fulfilling and on purpose. So that's that's true. I tried to do the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> mm -hmm. So good. What's really standing out to me about what you said is you wanted to get under the hood and not everyone wants to get under the hood. Um, yeah. I don't know, actually. Is that true? Or I'm, I'm curious. Do we have some people out there in our lives that don't want to get under the hood? What do you think? I really strongly feel that that's true. Mm -hmm. um, I 
don't know if my parents are going to listen to this interview, but we recently experienced a death in our family, in our, in my immediate family. And, um, I just think that it's so, it's not easy to feel the, the, the crunchy upset feelings sometimes. And I just think our society is maybe especially America. Well, because I'm American, I'm just going to relate to Americans. I just feel like numbing is such a huge part of our society. And whether whatever it is, shopping, um, just a lot of avoidance techniques, shopping, alcohol, um, scrolling, you know, I, I think that we just have, I think that wanting to get under the, the hood means I'm ready to get uncomfortable mm. and feel some of those things I've been avoiding feeling. So I don't know. Sometimes I talk to my clients and, and I acknowledge them for being part of the 10% yeah. that's really willing to just take off all those band-aids and start letting those wounds heal. But we got to like, it's going to hurt to take the band-aid off maybe initially. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think change can be uncomfortable and sometimes painful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know I'm just calling myself in here about around my coping mechanisms because mm -hmm. I like to avoid discomfort. Mm -hmm. Uh and I like to open the hood. I'm so I'm part of the 10% who likes to go into shadow work. And I also am like, oh, that's, I don't like that one. You know, can we do another? Can we open someone else's hood first? Yeah. Um, so I'm just, you know, hand on heart. And also those listening, I know that this is going to be an activating conversation to you. So just like check yourself about your own willingness to go under your hood, because that's really what the invitation is today around self-love. Because also our culture has this thing about self-love that it's all like rainbows and butterflies and just accept yourself. Um, but I, I would love to um, turn us in a direction of like, it's not always that. Like mm -hmm. it's often so messy self-love. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a practice yeah. and it's something we do on purpose. Um, and yeah, so I just want to maybe start with naming um, some of the parts of ourselves that we find difficult to love mm -hmm. and that we are working on it because we, both you and I are on that path. Does that sound uh, uncomfortable enough for us to kind of model? Yeah. We're talking about? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I use the phrase crunchy a lot and I'm like crunchy. Maybe that sounds weird, but you know, um, there's smooth peanut butter and crunchy peanut butter. And I don't know. Sometimes it feels like things just feel a little crunchy. Um, yeah. A little rough around the edges, uncomfortable, you know, maybe like the, there's the soft side of Velcro and then there's the scratchy side of Velcro. Mm -hmm. It feels like, yeah. And so you and I had spoken a little bit about um, aging. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm 46. I, I have a lot of expression in my, in my face. And, um, I remember getting a facial as like a 30, maybe I was 35, 36. And I, and I was saying to the, the facial, she's like massaging me or whatever. And I just said, man, you know, these 11s, like the, the two kind of divots, the, the, the vertical lines between your eyebrows. Um, I said, man, they, I didn't even know that they were deep until I, my wedding day or looking, looking back at my wedding pictures. So I was age 32 
And I was like, wow, those are those are really deep. Um, as I'm looking at the wedding photos, and I this facial person was like, Yeah, you would have had to start getting injections in your 20s if you had wanted to not have these lines. And I just remembered being like, I don't know, it felt just like it was a weird moment of just saying, Wow, okay. First, yeah, I just was like, Well, I'm I can't go back in time. And so what if just from this moment forward, all of this depth in my forehead, uh, around my eyes, around my lips and coming down but from my nose to my chin, like what if those lines are just me living a, a really expressive life, like a really full life. And when people speak, I react with my forehead, <laughs> my whole face responds. And what if that's just me? What if I don't play the compare and despair game? you know, and look at Hollywood and look at magazines and think to myself, wow, as a 46 year old, I guess I'm not supposed to have facial wrinkles, you know? Mm -hmm. I really do. And I love that you're mo moving your facial muscles as we say this. What is that about the, the compare of, you know, what is that about? It's it's because it's not necessarily something we do for men, although maybe some of us, you know, put on a, our faces for men. But it seems like we're often doing it for one another and comparing ourselves to yeah. you know, each other. Yeah, I think we can tie it back to the ticker tape in our heads in, in that's really connected to body response. So it's in our bodies and in our minds. I, and I really think the tape that tape that's playing you, we get to work with whose voice is it? Is this the voice of society? Is this the voice of my parents? Is this the voice or one parent typically? Is this the voice of a coach? Is this a coach? Is this the voice of a, a teacher I had? Or maybe a, maybe I was bullied or maybe there was a peer group that, that kept making me feel separate. And then, so we really get to work with where did the ticker tape come from? And sometimes it's not so obvious. You know, when we're talking about this aging, you know, facial lines are, are they, are they beautiful? Are they not beautiful? I think sometimes it's just like the ticker tape is really embedded. You know, it's all over commercials. It's all over magazines. It's all over social media. It's all, you know, this, this expectation of beauty being something flawless and kind of plastic. That might sound a little judgy, but it feels almost like this plasticity of a non-moving forehead, <laughs> non-moving forehead, no wrinkles around the eyes. It almost just feels like it's, um, it's just behind, it's really built into like capitalism and, you know, beauty is outside of you and there's such an expectation so that we'll buy more things. So we'll be more easily manipulated. I don't want to get too political here. <laughs> I just want to take a little break here to let you know about our February theme in the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood. This month, we are diving into the concept of self-love. I cannot think of a more important topic during these somewhat challenging times. I would love to invite you to join us. You can learn more and join at isabelbridges.com forward slash membership. I look forward to seeing you there. Okay, back to the show. 
<laughs> but, so what's the alternative? So we have these voices in our heads that aren't necessarily ours. So what's the alternative to that? How do we either not listen to them or listen to something else? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'd love to tie it back to what you said about getting under the hood. Mm-hmm. Are you even willing to look at your own programming? your own thought structures, the home, the root, the rootstock of the mm-hmm. thoughts that are motivating your actions and your beliefs about yourself. Are you willing to look at your beliefs? So that, you know, that's the getting under the hood part. Like, gosh, I don't want to spend, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month on all of these things that I either rub or swallow to look different than I am or to not age. Um, but am I willing to change anything about it? Do I want to change any behavior? So we really get to look at that, get under that hood, get uncomfortable. So for the listener who is like, uh, no, like blessing, right? There's no, Mm -hmm. like no judgment, Mm -hmm. like the clarity of that. No, like, especially if it's a full body, no, I'm not in a place where I want to get under the hood. Like, and for those who do are ready to get under the hood, and you know, that's me. I'm like, okay, let's, um, but for me, it's about creating safety, especially if I'm going to get under the hood um, and be witness in that darkness, which is also a big part for me about if, if someone can love me and my 11s, or my messy parts, it helps me feel that love for myself. But in order for that to happen, I have to feel so safe. And if I'm not safe, then I'm clamping that hood back down. Yeah. This feels so true. And that's why I love, you know, so after meeting you, um, within months or a year of meeting you, I got to attend one of your women's circles and speaking at, I feel like I'm going to get emotional right now, but the level of women creating a safe space and holding each other and like willing to be vulnerable. And I'm totally welling up right now. It's so beautiful. And I think that when women really come together and we're willing to be seen in our messy parts Mm. and in our celebration, like we're not afraid to celebrate and we're not afraid to get really real and talk about some of the upset feelings or some of the disappointment or some of the crunchy parts, you know, the messiness, the messy feelings, the messy parts. I think that when we're really, really ready for that, maybe maybe we're not fully ready. When we're re- when we put ourselves in those situations to be seen and also to receive being seen and be real and celebrate and cry and feel. I just think that that's a huge part of the recipe for me personally, anyway. And a lot of the people I work with, I really think that that's the, a big stepping stone to the up leveling and to the self-acceptance and self-love. Um, if we really want to go there, if we want to have that. And I'll just stack on top of that, that it's the receiving of the witnessing, but it's the giving of witnessing as well. When we learn that our witnessing of another woman or our child or our partner, that that is enough and that that is a lot of giving and that it takes something from us to just hold warm space, um, that we don't have to actually fix one another. 
we're offering that we just by loving someone, just mm-hmm. like receiving someone else's love, it's trans. It can in itself be transformative. I really mm-hmm. have to remind myself about this with my 12 year old daughter right now, because, and I remember being so annoyed at my mom because she'd look at me and she just like, you know, start to, you know, fuss with my hair and <laughs> yeah, I an- annoyed me. And she doesn't, you know, I'm a 42 year old grown up, And she, every time she sees me, she's like, you know, licking her fingers and like, getting something off my face and I love it. it I am it, it, it's it's so endearing to me now but as a child and I do the same thing to my daughter. I see her in the morning and I say, did you do your homework? I want everything to be clean and okay and tidy for her. Um, and so I'm just rem- reminding myself that like this is true. I you know I have a sense of um, capacity for my clients to hold space for them because it's what I'm supposed to do. But in my mothering role, it's hard for me because I just want her to be okay. But then I'm taking care of my own needs. Yes. And I'm making it seem like I'm taking care of her needs, but really she has a need to be witnessed and seen and unconditionally loved too, and not mm-hmm. fixed. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a there's a place for that in mothering, but really, mothering is a lot about holding space and being the ground, Mama Gaia, for our people. And it's not always easy if we don't have it for ourselves. Wow. So many things that you just said are hitting my motherhood experience on so many levels of like how much of me is coming from how I was parented and how much of me, even in all my spiritual psychology, transformational leadership, shadow work, energy healing, being amazing at holding space for people who hire me. And then it's like, wow, isn't it so interesting how the programming I know I keep using that word for us listeners, but I really feel like there's just a, a deep, deep level of, you know, DNA programming, like so nature programming, intergenerational, and then also nurture programming. And so, gosh, sometimes I hover above myself as I'm showing up in my motherhood role or my um, romantic partnership role. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that is some programming that I know you've worked through, but how are you being right now? Andrea, it's really, it is really interesting. Yeah. So let's just invite our listeners to uh, notice for themselves, like, what is your, like, what are you noticing coming up around your own programming? What are you noticing about the way you love yourself? So if we can turn that back on ourselves, like, can we... And it's a real question. Can we witness ourselves? So when I'm looking in the mirror, which I did this morning, and I have literally a zit in the middle of my forehead, a a bright red dot that, Andrea, you probably maybe didn't even see until I'm I'm pointing to it right now, right? I did not. I did not. Yeah. But it's like I come on and it's the first thing I see. So rather than race to the bathroom to cover it up, can I witness myself feeling what is the emotion? Um, 
embarrassed. I think it's embarrassed. Can Mm. I just witness that in myself without fixing it? Notice and witness the desire to fix it. Um, and, and really just be like, you know, have that love and compassion for myself that I would really so easily have for you or for anyone else. Um, and it's really hard to show up in a public space with a zit in the middle of your forehead and like go Isabel for like doing the hard thing and showing up and, and then talking about it and making it so obvious to everyone who is watching or listening. Um, and, and also really amplifying the ripple effects of that. Like, can, can we sit in our beauty even when we have a blemish in the middle of our forehead, you know? And can we love all the parts of ourselves that are embarrassed or ashamed or shy or whatever it is without putting them away, but welcoming them to the table and saying, yeah, you're here too. Yes. Amen. Aho, Ashe. Raising my hands. (laughs) Yes, please. And then I want to bring it back to legacy work because for me this is this is really legacy work. I remember inheriting some le- uh, my mom my mom's um the way she thinks about herself. So my mother would I remember viscerally being a little girl, maybe like 6 between 6 and 8 and seeing my mom in the bathroom looking at herself in the mirror naked and she really loved the person that she saw in the mirror i she didn't say anything she didn't uh tell you know she didn't wasn't doing affirmations but she when she looked at herself and the way she touched her face mm-hmm. and the way she cared for herself it was so loving And I inherited that. I inherited that sense of like, oh, I'm my, I'm in, I'm beautiful. Um, And not because of the way I really look, but because of the way I feel when I look at myself. Um, So not that I am beautiful, more that I am beauty. And that's really what I felt from her is like, I am beauty. And so that's how I walk around the world. And so now I I carry on that legacy for my daughter, who I'm, you know, intending to inherit that. And so this, this work is so powerful. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about legacy work um, and what that means to you. Yeah. Yes. And we talked a little bit earlier about could there be a a skill or a tool? Like, could there be a takeaway from, you know, all that we share today? And I already feel like there have been so many, you know, if I were in the listener's seat listening, I'd be like, ooh, I'm going to put up some post-it notes about what Belle and Andrea were sharing. Um, Co-regulation. So an opportunity to come back to home base, the homeostasis to like, where's my inner peace? Uh, where's my inner guidance when I'm, when I'm in the midst of life and I'm in a situation where I'm like, Ooh, I do not like that. Or, Whoa, that is not what I expected. Or darn it. I'm running late and I can feel, you know, my heart rate raising and, you know, or, Ooh, I don't like the way she's looking at me. And 
the story is starting and I can feel physical responses happening in my body. So co-regulation. Mm. Um, often as in the parenting world, we talk about how we as parents or, or caregivers, whatever role you play, we have an opportunity to help a kid, a child who's becoming emotionally dysregulated. Like they're, you know, they're having some reactions to life instead of being in their in their heart and in their homeostasis and then responding to life. So they're becoming reactive. So I just want to talk a little bit about what if what if we could look at what's happening in our body and realize that there's a part of us who might be in a in a story. Maybe it's a younger version of us who had something disappointing happen when they were younger. And that part of us is feeling the dysregulation. And that part of us is like angry or feeling othered or um, experiencing embarrassment or shame or rejection. And what if in that moment, we could be able to dial into that little person in us, for me, that little Andrea who had that disappointing experience when younger. And what if I could just go inside and or go into my visualization abilities, uh, imagination, and and just give her, hold her hand, or take some deep breaths with her, or um, say with her in my mind, like, you are loved, you are not enough, you are meant to be right here, right now, and everything's going to be okay. I'm with you. So this, this actually was something I was pondering on a walk today, this concept of co-regulation, and what if it's not an act? It's an internal job, but what if it's not us doing it with another human? What if it's us doing it with our, you know, you and I have talked about the inner sister or the inner, you know, the archetype, you know, these various archetypes. Like, what if there's a part of you that's just having a slightly different experience? You know, there's adult Andrea who's done all of this reflection and and inner work and shadow, you know, looking at the shadow and transforming and reawakening and you know, spiritual psychology, <laughs> you know, there's, there's this mature Andrea who's realizing that some of those reactions are no longer functional for me. Like I want to have deeper intimacy with Isabel. And yet part of our discussion maybe sent me into some kind of panic. Can I sit with the part of me that is having that reactivity and can I co-regulate myself? But really it's me, the adult Andrea, with that part of me that's that's hurting or that's disappointed or that's reliving something from the past because of what you and I might have shared. So that yeah, I just that's feeling really present for me just to talk about maybe self-co-regulation, inner self-co-regulation. Oh my goodness, I love this. So you mentioned the inner sister. So I just want to tell our listeners a little bit about who that is. So I, in the over the past, I would say three years, have begun to um, cultivate a relationship with my inner loving sister. So, and she is a person who, she is a part of me that knows me so well, more than anyone else possibly could. And she just loves me. So she does, and she's fierce. Mine, my inner sister is fierce. So she calls me back in when I uh, want to um, check out. 
you know, um, but she also knows me so well that she knows sometimes Isabel needs to check out because if she doesn't, it's going to get really not good. Um, so I actually teach this uh, inside my membership, the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood. So if you're curious about that, then you can head on over to isabelbridges.com and learn more about that. Um, but we can co-regulate with ourselves, with that part of ourselves that is like at the center of the storm. And it takes skill to do that. Mm-hmm. It takes um it's something that we have to learn um, because we often co-regulate with the most dysregulated parts of ourselves. <laughs> and because that's something that we learned, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, it's not always easy, but it gets easier once we practice. Mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I'm so with you. I'm so with you. But maybe we are the generation yeah. we, that teaches the next generation through modeling. Through messing it up and then maybe apologizing and then modeling and then messing up and then apologizing, modeling. And maybe slowly there's less messing up and then there's more like, ooh, I, I'm remembering this thing I'm practicing of this self-co-regulation, you know, with that part of me that is still and aware and patient and present with all that is my highest good, you know, the, yeah, the most aligned possible me that there is I can align with that part of me you know and just like our relationships with other people take time and energy that relationship with that part it takes time and energy too so we are we willing to devote that those resources to her meaning our inner loving sister yeah Well, we are slowly tapering towards the end of our time today, Andrea. Is there anything else you want to make sure that you say before we close? Um, Well, I would love to share with our viewers, when I came into this work, the words that felt, it really felt like this work is about shifting from an old story or an old programming, you know, into our, you know, into our best self, into our, you know, the woman that I feel truly called to be, the woman that I feel, you know, I want to open up and be her. So um, I have a free video series that's, it's at andrealuzon.com. I think if you click free gift on the top, it'll give you access to those. They're 10 very short videos and you would get one each day. And it's just a little tiny, just like a little tiny tip or gift or process to support you in like, releasing those stuck parts, you know, blessing them. They're still going to be a part of us, but, you know, loving those parts, those maybe more stuck areas of us, loving them, nurturing them, and maybe having a process to slowly shift out of that and and moving into that greatest expression that we are. So yeah, Andrea L U Z O N dot com. We'll have the link <laughs> to that. that in the show notes as well. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, so my last question, Andrea, is what is a next empowering action you'd like to invite our listeners to take? Mm, wow. I I really think that there's less than 60 seconds between um, something that surprises you and who you're like the next step. Like there's there's less than 60 seconds. Sometimes there's like 10 seconds or, or there's very little 
time when we're um, when we're surprised. Our, it's typically a body reaction. So my invitation is just to slowly become aware of the space, the space between the space between the stimulus and the response. And for just whether it's breath or awareness or, you know, tapping your leg or um, in DBT, there's the five senses like, you know, what are five things I, you know, you're noticing that you're shocked about something or you're upset by something, you know, scan the room. What are five things I see? You know, um, can I, what are four things I smell, you know, or just to go through those five senses and do like a five, four, three, two, one, you know, what's one thing I taste in my mouth? Like right now I can taste coffee. (laughs) Um, But so move through the senses. And by the time you're done with that, you will be grounded. You will be grounded. You'll be back in full you. And then it will be not a reactive you. It'll be a responding you i'm now responding from a more grounded self like a whole whole self person instead of that like i'm surprised ah! you know and and how we tend that 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 programming of that fight flight freeze is is often just so fast they're like pasted on top of each other stimulus and reaction so just slowly see if you can run an experiment in your life and and find the space between those two mm. That's so good. That's so, so, so good. And when you do that, uh, you can let Andrea know um, on on her socials. um, And I'd love to know uh, as well how this practice is going for you. So Andrea, where can they find you so that they can let you know how they're creating that space between surprise and yeah. Awesome. I would love to hear from people. Um, I'm I'm pretty present on Instagram at Legacy Liberation Coaching. All one word, Legacy Liberation Coaching. Um, but if if anything changes in my where my heart is taking me, the website of andrealuzon.com, Andrea Um, you can definitely fill out the contact card and I will get I will get right back to you. So that would, I'd love to hear how the space between and, and rediscovering your love legacy is going for our listeners. Okay, Andrea, thank you so much. Thank you to our listeners. Until next time, take care. Bye. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that was such a fun show to record. Andrea's brilliance and willingness to be vulnerable really made me feel safe. And I hope it made you feel that way too. I also had the opportunity to practice her empowering invitation right after we recorded. So I got a a triggering text. Um, And because of her invitation to create space between the event and my response, I was able to take a couple of deep breaths, regulate with myself, with my inner loving sister. I put the phone away. I had some tea. And when I came back to the text, I felt way more empowered to respond from a place of self-love and self-acceptance rather than just reaction to the text itself. So I hope and encourage you will do the same. And of course, if you like this episode, please share it with a friend, text it to somebody, screenshot it, 
Tell us both, Andrea and I, what you like. Tag us on social. Subscribe if you love the show. I cannot wait to have you back. Thanks for being here. I will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you. Today's episode was produced by Brendan Lindsay. Intro and outro music are by Matthew Randolph. I'm Isabel Bridges, author of Daddy Daughter Day. I'm also the founder of the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood. You can learn more about my work and join the sisterhood at isabelbridges.com. I'm offering a 50% off discount for a limited time only. So check it out today, isabelbridges.com.